morning family yeah looks like there was a like somewhere else all of a sudden just the influx of people you know rapture from somewhere to here but I yeah that's wonderful wonderful to see so many people here this morning and uh, blessings for 2023 we truly trust the Lord that 2023 will be a wonderful year for you filled with God's presence in your life it's every year that we stand, you know, we're getting a year that's uh, it's a year of uncertainty, you know, of course, because we don't know what this year has got, has got for us. But just as I prayed, you know, looking back at 2022, then this one thing, it doesn't matter what your year looked like or my year looked like, God is faithful. God is faithful. And here we sit, and the mere fact that we can sit here declares God's faithfulness. So yes, there could be uncertainty, but yes, there's also an excitement that we know that God has got this year for us. The end of 23 is already God's history. That's wonderful for me. Lord, know that we are going to go through. You are ready through that with us as well. So, you know, as a family, we, uh, you know, just personally, you know, we thought about Hebrews 12 and there from uh, verse 1 and 2 where the Bible speaks about running the race, but he says, run with endurance, run with endurance, with the, with the bigger picture in mind. And the Bible says it's a race that's set before us. But then it says, you know, we look to Jesus. Isn't that wonderful that we can start a year looking to Jesus? And then the Bible says he's the founder and the perfecter of our faith, the founder and perfecter. In other words, you know, God has this in His hands for us. So today we want to look at the book of James and, you know, that very same thing about, you know, looking to Jesus, we want to look at that. And the, the message heading that we want to speak about today is steadfast in faith. Steadfast in faith. Standing before this year, you know, I, uh, I just had that picture uh, at, at Christmas time of, you know, Jesus is going to be born now. But now remember, heaven has been prepared for that because I think, you know, not I think, I know that heaven knew, you know, the, the birth of Jesus is the next day. And it was with this anxiousness and uh, excitement that I think, you know, like, like on the, on the edge of a cliff, that, that, you know, that heaven's expectancy for this new thing that's going to come, come, that God prepared and promised from already from Genesis, it's going to happen now. There was like a poise of excitement. Very similar to us here in the beginning of this year. You know, we sort of hanging over January. We can, if January can just finish. You know, we're hanging sort of over it already. Lord, we are trusting you for a year to start. But for us to do that, you know, God is calling us to live steadfast in our faith. Now, the book of James, of course, is written by the, by the brother of Jesus, half-brother of Jesus. And, of course, you know, at that time, the leader of the church in Jerusalem, when he wrote it, 
And he's writing to a community, you know, that is in persecution, you know, terrible persecution. And also, you know, there are many cases of poverty because of that. So persecution, poverty, difficulty, and then James writes this letter. Now, you know, if we look at, look at, the, at the letters of Paul, uh, you know, all the Pauline letters, then we see that Paul starts his letters and he first writes and, you know, anchors what, who Jesus is. So he lays a firm foundation who Jesus is. And out of that firm foundation that he lays, then he says, well, because of who Jesus is, now you live like this. James, of course, started slightly different. You know, he actually goes in and the Bible speaks about the letters of James being like the Proverbs of the New Testament. He gives us, you know, just a, a way that we should live in faith, the, the life of faith, and it's like sayings. But he starts in the beginning and he speaks about steadfastness in, in trials. He starts his, you know, his letter like that. Then he speaks about wealth and poverty. He speaks about living in faith. He speaks about the tongue and, you know, whatever comes out of the tongue is just basically something that overflows that is in your heart. He speaks about worldliness, humility, and then he ends it off again with steadfastness in trials. It's like, you know, he puts the brackets on his letter. He starts with steadfastness, and he ends with steadfastness, and everything that is in there between. So, you know, take your time. It'll take you only about an hour to read through the book of James, and go and see if you can see what he's talking to us there about being steadfast in every part of the book of James. Uh, the, the piece that we're reading this morning, you know, it's, uh, it's like a deep personal connection to it as well. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I remember, you know, when we read that, that was in 2006. We sat in a Bible study there in Botswana. And we read this very piece here on a Wednesday. Wednesday, remember the date, the 6th of December. So we read this piece, and um, then the next day, uh, we went for a bicycle ride early in the morning. Uh, I always let Wens ride first, and then, you know, I will be behind. And that morning, you know, I don't know why, but we just changed it. I was in front. We're coming down this nice steep hill, and uh, there's a taxi on Wendy's, you know, on the wheel in the back. And somehow she you know, got a fright. She pulled the brake, pulled the wrong brake, and the bicycle, she flipped over the bicycle. I don't know what happened with the taxi. It's still a miracle for me today that the taxi missed her. But she broke her collarbone. And then, you know, so now she's lying there next to the road. Long story short, to the hospital. The bone is so badly broken. They can't help her. We brought her to South Africa. And the doctor fixed the bone, and about a week later, I think about 10 days later, when got, uh, we went back to Botswana again by that time, but she got uh, deep vein thrombosis, but, you know, quite bad. She's lying there in the bed, and her whole leg is turning like blue. Now, I'm phoning the doctor, and he's not answering, and we are about an hour away from the hospital. And uh, I said to Wins, just get into the car. Let us just drive to the hospital. So we're in the car. She's so sitting upright. All the things that she, she should not have done. We gave her tame pain tablets. Shouldn't have done that. All the things you shouldn't do. And in any case, now we're driving. And this doctor phones me back. He never, ever, ever, ever phones back. And uh, he says, what's the symptoms? I explained to him the symptoms while I'm driving. He says, how fast are you driving? 
uh, I said, well, I'm driving. He says, no, listen, you need to drive. So, you know, in a great speed, we arrive at the hospital, straight on a wheelchair into the doctor's office, and he looked at it and he says, well, this is deep vein thrombosis. And they took a scan, and then by that time, you know, it was already here in Wens, you know, here in the back in the, like, the whole leg already. And uh, he injected her, so now we're lying there, she's lying there in, in the hospital bed, and the other doctor comes in and he says, well, you know, there's nothing that he can do. Uh, this is the extent of the, of the trouble, and, but we would know in 48 hours if Wen would live. So now he says, you know, it is, that's it. So now at first, no, I'm looking at Wen's, and uh, I'm thinking, yeah, Lord. And uh, so she says, but I don't want to die. And I think, you know, anybody lying at that stage, this, you know, that thing, that's the first thought that you think, well, I don't want to die. And we, uh, we looked at one another, and then we prayed. And then we said, well, you know, if we think about this thing, you know, what do we have? We only have a faithful God. That's what we've got now. We've got a faithful God. So now we, we're going to trust. And, you know, they said, in that moment, the peace just came, you know, o over us. By that time, we were already sort of in this uh, habit, you know, what, that we've got that every morning that we wake up, we ask ourselves, you know, what are we thankful for? Wins is quite great with that. So, you know, what were we thankful for? And even in that situation, there were many, many things that we could be thankful for. Lord, thank you for this. Well, thank you that you've got this situation. The doctor says 48 hours, and we don't know what's going to happen. She's not even allowed to get off the bed, lying down there still, because if a piece of that uh, clock, um, blood will break off, then, of course, that's the end. Wentz is still here, so praise the Lord for that. So we know the, you know, the outcome of that. But think about, you know, just for that moment, you know, what would... What, you know, what is our, our reaction? James says to us here in the book of James 1 verse 2, before I read there, I just want to pray. Father, thank you now that you bless your word. Father, thank you that we can think about your word. And, and Lord, it is truly not just instructing us, but helping and guiding and directing us as well. And Father, here from the words of James, Lord, we want to see your heart for us. During this 2023, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. James 1, if you have your Bible, you can turn there with me. James 1, James 1, and we're going to start there with this too. Um, like I said, you know, there's a lot that James said, and we just want to pick a few things out, and, and we want to look at those brackets that James spoke about. Steadfast in faith, steadfast in faith. Now, there's a lot that he says in between, but those are the two things, you know, that we just want to highlight this morning. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness has its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Then we go to verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. That's the one bracket. 
So we go then to James 5. If you flip over to James 5, James 5 verse 7. The Bible says to us, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purposes of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. <clears throat> when we look at that word steadfast, uh, Webster's dictionaries, you know, he gives us it like this. He says, it is to be firmly fixed in place, immovable, not subject to change, from firm in belief, in determination, and also in adherence. So when we think about trials, when we think about that word trials, you know, what comes to mind in our, in our lives? You know, what, what do we think? Because I don't, there's not any one of us that volunteer for a difficulty. Uh, give me one for this year, give me two for this year. I don't think that that is what we do. And there are many questions that just comes up, you know, you know in a difficulty. Maybe you are in a difficulty as you sit here. Maybe the, you are going through a trial as you're sitting here. But James, writing to people who are in a serious difficulty, persecution. I don't think one of us are being persecuted, really, for our faith. Maybe at work, you know, there's a difficulty, you cannot speak about Jesus or something like that. But I, nobody's threatening you with, with death. And yet, you know, the people here were persecuted. Also, extreme poverty. Very, very difficult circumstances. They are facing trials and the thing that James is calling them in the first place, and that's the first point, to be steadfast in faith. Let's read again there, James 1. And, you know, we just see what James is highlighting there to us. You know, when he speaks to us of being steadfast in faith. Verse 2 says, Count it all joy, my brothers. Now let us just stop there. You know, um, to a person that's being persecuted and, you know, you want people to pray with you, you know, I'm being persecuted, or you are in the most difficult situation, the person comes up to you and say, my brother, count it all joy. <laughs> I don't think that that for that moment, that is the first thing that you would want to hear. Count the joy. But James is saying this, count it all joy. Now, during this piece that we're going to read, and you can read the whole book of James, there are places where we can definitely count it joy. Why would he say count it joy? My brother, that means, you know, he's speaking to the family, people close to him, people who he, you know, loves and respects inside his community. Count it joy. He says, when you meet trials of various kinds, and that, you know, he says, you meet other translations, says, when you fall into it. And literally, it is like that sometimes, you know. A trial, you know, is just like, it's like all of a sudden, you know, it comes. Sometimes it feels like, a, you know, a freight train that hits you from the side. You know, we see those video clips of the person stuck on the side, you know, or, you know on the railway track, or he's going over a railway track, and the train just hits him from seemingly nowhere. 
That's how it comes to us. When you meet different kinds of trials. He says various kinds. Now, when we think about the various kinds of trial, you know, there are usually two, two different things that can happen. It could be external things. Something that you've got absolutely no control about. And it just happens. I mean, sometimes, you know, if we think about uh, an accident, uh, if you don't cause the accident, you know, you find yourself in an accident. A person comes, skips the red robot or the traffic light and hits you. Or so many different kinds of accidents that can happen. Uh, you know, uh, the economy, COVID, uh, all of these external things that, that you didn't, you know, foresee or produce or think about, but it comes. It's like we are falling into it. But then, of course, internal things. Maybe you had part of this, and then all of a sudden this thing just crumbled down on you. The deck of cards came down. Maybe it's a sin matter. You know, you've tried to hide the sin for such a long time, and, you know, God has just got a way of just, you know, pressing, and it will pop, it will show it for itself, and now you find yourself in a very, very, very difficult space. Maybe it was a, just a personal choice. You've been living a certain lifestyle, and now that lifestyle cannot sustain itself anymore. And now you find yourself in this trial, in this very, very difficulty. Be it as it may, you know, he says, count the joy when you find this trial. Why is it that we would count the joy? He says, for now the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Now, when difficulty comes, you know, when we were there around that bed, uh, you know, very quickly do we find out, you know, on what did we build our lives? Because the way that you react there, you know, it's not like now we have to build faith. Now we have to gather, you know, all of a sudden we will have all of ourselves together in that moment. It is how you've been living will show exactly your reaction there. Jesus speaks about building on the sand or building on the rock. Now, there's no single person on the face of the earth that will just build on rock. There are some sand things in our lives as well, in my life, in your life. And when we come to some difficulty, that's where, you know, the building on the sand part is so elevated in our lives. And we will see it there. But listen what James is saying here. He says the faith produces. So if I had faith, if I've been living my life trusting Jesus, having faith, he says, that faith will produce. What will it produce? Steadfastness. Lord, I'm standing in this moment, Lord, and I have no answer for this difficulty, this trial. Lord, is so much greater than I can. I, I can't see the other side, Lord. But Father, I stand in faith. And that faith, resolute in steadfastness. What is steadfastness? I know the cause. I know the cause. Faith produces. Faith produces steadfastness. Verse 4, he says, And let that steadfastness has, have its full effect. Now, it's only human for us to want to jump out <laughs> out of that situation. You know, where's the back door? <laughs> That's the first thing. You know, how do I get out of this thing as quick as possible? I don't want to stay in it. Lord, let me and help me to get out of this as quick as possible. He says, no, let it have its full effect. 
Lord, I'm walking with you. Lord, and I cannot see the end. But Lord, it will have its full effect in me. And that's usually when we start to ask the questions in our lives. You Lord, what brought this thing on? It's a good place. It's a good place to come and say, well, Lord, let me first come go to my heart. And I go to the Lord and I speak, speak my heart to the Lord. And sometimes, you know, it's not you. <laughs> like I said, it's an external thing. It's an external thing. But have those questions in your heart. Lord, what brought this thing on? But then he says, when it has a full effect, that you may be perfect and complete. Perfect in what? He said to us, counter joy. I will be perfected, but I'll have joy. And if I've run through the steadfastness, you know, it's like a seed that I plant. I plant a seed and I watch it grow. The moment I plant the seed, I don't see the full tree or the fruit you know, that I've planted. But the seed has been planted. Let it have its full effect. In other words, it has to sprout. It has to grow. It has to come to maturity. And there will be fruit. I'll sit in the shade of that. I'll have that joy. That's one of the places where we'll see the joy. When it's perfect and complete, lacking nothing. We'll see now, you know, a little bit later what, what, what he spoke about, you know, when he says about lacking nothing. Verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast. And that's what the Lord would ask us in that moment. You remain. You remain. But what does it look like, you know, for us to remain? <laughs> that's not the easy thing. I mean, we are looking for a door left, right, and center all the time. Lord, we just want to get out of this. For when we stood the test of time, he will receive the crown of life. Now, perfect and complete in this life. Maybe we'll come through it and, you know, we see the other side. Perfect and complete. Lord, I see the picture now. Perfect and complete. But what if this trial is just never ending? Will we be steadfast? In the full course of that, will we stay the course, knowing that, Lord, the only thing that I have is you? And in the end, the only thing that I'm going to receive is a crown of life. Don't you think that could be counter joy? Don't you think that that is the very best thing that we can receive, is the crown of life? Count it all joy then when we receive. The crown of joy. Now, if he says to us, stay the course, or we, we decide to stay the course, he says to us, you know, that faith produces. But I want us to look just for a moment, you know, there at that faith. If it is faith that produces, and maybe you're sitting here this morning, you say, well, faith, I, I don't think I have it. I've never really encountered that place that you know, that I think that when difficulty comes in this 2023, and we definitely don't wish it on, on ourselves, but if it comes, I don't think I'll have that faith because I don't think I have it. So if faith comes, what is it then, or how does faith then come to us? And for that, we look in the book of Romans, in Romans 6, verse 1, if you want to turn your Bible there, or it's also here on the screen. 
Romans 6 verse 1 says, and this is now, of course, Paul writing here. He says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, who are called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Now, just that word there, gospel. Gospel, of course, is the good news, but it's the gospel of God. It's not the gospel of Paul. Not just gospel by itself, because gospel by itself is good news. And it could be any good news. You won a million or something like that. You know, that's good news. But the gospel of God means that this good news is God's good news. And for us to connect faith to that is we have to ask ourselves, so what is God's good news so that we can have faith? And then he says to us here, it is verse 3, uh, the first verse 2, it was promised beforehand, we spoke about Genesis, through the prophets, in the Holy Scriptures, that's the place where God spoke to them. Verse 3, it is concerning His Son. So God's gospel, the gospel of God, is that concerning His Son. And then verse 4, he says, uh, yeah, verse, yeah, verse 4, he says, The Son of God in power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by His resurrection from the, de from the dead. There's another flag of joy that goes up there. Because thinking about that, the gospel of God, Son of God, resurrection of dead. If Jesus was never raised from the dead, there would never have been a gospel of God. If Jesus was never raised uh, from the dead, we would never have a hope. If Jesus was never raised, we could never hold on to something and stay the course and be steadfast in anything because what is there for us in the future? Nothing. Because Jesus died, rose again. We can have life. And we can have life in this life even if it means that in this life we have to stay the course in difficulty every single, every single day, but we stay steadfast. That holds the gospel there for us. Then in verse 5, he says to us, Through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. So faith produce, but there's also obedience to faith then as well. Faith produce, but there's also obedience to faith. So as we stand steadfast, we know, Lord, that if I have faith, but my faith must come from the gospel of God. Maybe you've never heard the gospel of God. Maybe you sit here this morning and say, well, I've never received that gospel, that good news, that Jesus Christ can be my Savior. Because unless He is my Savior, what do I have to hold on to? Because faith comes, but so does trials. That's the two certainties that we've got in our life. Faith comes, but so, does, so do trials. So how do I anchor and how do I know that I can have an anchor when that difficulty comes? The picture I had there was like, it's like a person being, being, being swept away by a flood and, and all of a sudden, you know, he can grab onto something that can just steady himself in that raging water because sometimes trials and tribulations feels like that. You know, you've been tumbling around head over tails so and you don't know where you are and all you want is just, can I just grab onto something and just hold. And I know it will hold me. Then he speaks about, you know, and I want us to go to the book of Hebrews 6, 
What is that thing that we can hold on to while we steadfast in faith? Hebrews 6, verse 19. Uh, very interesting chapter, Hebrews 6. And then he says in Hebrews 6, verse 19, We have this. Now, we have to read a little bit back to know what this is. I'll just quickly tell you it's about God's promises, His purpose, and His oath. We have God's promises. Now think about that. We look outside and we see the creation of heaven and earth. We look up to the sky at night. Here yeah, we can't see the stars so beautiful, but those of you that camped and saw it during this December time, the majesty of God, just God creator. And in that, you know, all His promises. If God can create that, just imagine what He can do in my life. The promises, the purpose, and the oath that God has got. That oath was made in the beginning in the book of Genesis. It runs straight through New Testament. And we can read again in Revelation 21. And it says, you know, God's dwelling, dwelling is with us. That's a promise. God made the oath that we will dwell with Him. It doesn't matter what happened in between. We will dwell with Him. Those are the promises and purposes that He speaks about there. He says they are sure. Now, isn't that something to be joyful for? Joy. Let's lift the flag for joy. They are sure and steadfast. And then they say, it's an anchor for my soul. But listen to what he says here. A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. In this difficulty. That's where we go. That's where we go. We go and we've, we've got this anchor. And we draw ourselves closer. And as we draw ourselves closer, he says, it is into that inner place. That place before the throne. The only place that can bring me hope. The only place that can give me just a perspective of, Lord, in this difficulty, I don't know, but I know you. I know you. And I sit there before the throne. My anchor. And it doesn't matter how the storm rages or whatever happens around me. I'm holding on to the anchor. But now, look what I find there. Verse 20 says, you know, I find Jesus there because he was the forerunner. Jesus is there for us. You know, Jesus went through the difficulty. Jesus went through the tribulation. Jesus was slain on the cross before us. And as I draw close, as I, as I open up that curtain, it's not there, you know, it's torn, but as I open it up, there's Jesus. He's the forerunner. And I can sit with him and I can commune with my Father in heaven because Jesus Next thing there, he says, he's the high priest. And I can sit with my high priest and I say, Lord, I need you. I need you in this time. I need to be steadfast, Lord. I need faith, Lord. I know faith comes and it produces steadfastness. But, Lord, I need this faith. Help me, Lord. That's the anchor that I hold. Faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. Number three, James 5, verse 7 to 8. He says to us there, and that's what we do daily. He says, verse 7, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for precious fruit. There's another flag of joy that goes up. We can wait for that fruit. 
But here he says we will see it. And we will see it on this journey. There are things in our hearts that, Lord, I, I don't understand. But there's joy. Because I've been with my Father. I'm sitting there in the inner place. I'm communing with my high priest, Jesus. And he prays with me and for me as well. He says, for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it. This is not a time that we should get impatient. You know, during COVID time, I heard a few people that says, you know, I, I thought I had faith, but I fell out of faith. How in the world can that happen? It's like a person that says, you know, I love my life, wife. You know, we fell in love and then we fell out of love. How's that possible? He says to us here, yeah, being patient about it until it receives the early rains and the late rains. Friends and I have been trusting the Lord for something for eight years, and we are still trusting. We are still holding on. And we see the droplets of rain and drought in between, but we are still trusting God. Steadfast, because the God that we believe in is a faithful God. Verse 8 says to us, you also be patient. And then he says something so interesting, three words. That's actually what caught my whole attention for this whole preach, you know, establish your heart. Establish your heart. Now, establishment, you know, I think about that, you know, like a building. That if you want to establish a building, first you lay the foundation. And that foundation, of course, that's spoken there in the beginning of, uh, you know, chapter 6 in, in the book of Hebrews. But, you know, he says, you lay that foundation. When we disciple people and you go through that little blue book, it's not just a, you know, uh, you know, let's get to the end of the little blue book. But it is a laying a foundation. You establishing and you helping as your heart is being established. You help to establish that person's heart. Because not if, but when the difficulty comes, what do we fall back onto? Winston and I watched a thing, I think it was last, yesterday afternoon somewhere, about that, that uh, fire in Colorado. You know, and then after that fire, the town of Paradise, they took a, a photograph of the town of Paradise, and all you could see was just left was just the foundations of buildings. There was nothing left, just the foundations. But the foundations stood. And top of those foundations, people build their lives again. Sometimes it is like that. The only thing that we've got left is the foundation. But the question today is, is the foundation low, uh, uh, laid in your life? Have you established and are you establishing your heart daily? How do we do that? I've got the anchor. I go before the Lord. I sit with Him. My heart, my faith is being built because steadfastness, it comes from faith. Where do I get my faith? My faith comes from hearing the Word. And hearing the Word the word of Jesus, the word of Christ. So faith comes, but faith comes from hearing that word. He says, you have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purposes of the Lord. So you have missed the... As an example, thank you very much, Renee. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Very important. Let us not miss that one. 
Now, you know, here James is just throwing this seemingly, you know, disconnected sentence into the mix here. But it's absolutely not disconnected because now remember the people in those days, they have been through what we call now the Old Testament. And the prophets was very important. And one of the prophets, of course, was Isaiah. So how did Isaiah die? Well, you know, it's said that he was sawn in two by Manasseh, the king, you know, Hezekiah's son. He was, a, he was a king of the southern tribe of Judah, sawn in two. But why was he sawn in two? Because he was also persecuted. Now he's writing to people who are being persecuted. And he says, you know, you know just think about the prophets. Even though they were prophets, they were also persecuted, just like you are being persecuted. Isaiah was sawn in two, and maybe that's the end of Isaiah, and maybe that's the end of you. But the mere fact is that we should still stay steadfast, because the prophets also stood steadfast. Then, in verse 11, behold, consider those blessed who remain steadfast. Is that the testimony of our heart? Can we say, Lord, that we want to stay steadfast during this difficulty? He says, you've heard of the steadfastness of Job. Well, we've heard it in all 42 chapters of Job. You know, just how to be steadfast. Did Job get the answer in the end? If you ask yourself that question. No, he didn't. Why did he lose everything? He didn't get the answer in the end. But what did he find? Let's see what he found there. He says there, And you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. You have seen the purpose of the Lord. Well, the purpose of the Lord is that we should stay faithful. But then he says to us here, The Lord is compassionate and merciful. What would we find in the end? Maybe you don't find the answer for the difficult situation you're in. But what will you find? As I draw near to God, every single day, every moment, as I stay steadfast in faith, I will find a compassionate God, a God that walks with me. Just like we read, Jesus is the forerunner. He's ahead of us, but He's also with us every single day. And then a God that is merciful, he feels with us. Thinking about, you know, that story of, of winds, then, you know, out of that, uh, you know, for us more and more, just a life of thankfulness. <laughs> I remember we were here at uh, Menlin. So we're driving, we're waiting at the traffic light there at Menlin. Here comes a car from, the, from behind, uh, you know, and, you know, it hits us. Went sat with the cell phone in the hand. The cell phone hit in the face, nose bleeding and everything. And uh, we look at, the, at one another and now, you know, we're alive. And she looks at me and she says, let's just thank the Lord now what we are thankful for. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that is it. You know, I, I do believe, you know, that if we can come to the point where we see a merciful God, where we see a compassionate God. Then we can also think about 2023 and a God that goes with us, a merciful God, 
a compassionate God. That doesn't matter what the situation might be. Maybe you find yourself in a situation now. But I do hope that in this situation, you find a merciful and a compassionate God. I do believe and I, and I do want to trust that and I hope that, you know, your faith is producing steadfastness. But I also trust and believe that, you know, that faith has come to you through the word. So maybe you're sitting here this morning and you say, well, faith has never come to me. I've never really looked at, you know, God's gospel. And I need that. Because without that gospel, faith cannot come. Faith cannot produce. And if you want to pray this morning and say, I want to make sure, Lord, that the gospel of God has touched my heart. And I don't want to go into 2023 without the gospel being the thing that leads the way in my life. The word of God, God's gospel. I want to pray with you this morning. If you never received Jesus, don't you just want to lift your hand very quickly? And we want to pray for you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you're sitting in a, in a difficulty right there where you are. And you just say, well, Lord, I, I really don't know how to get through this one. I want to pray with you this morning as well. Pray for a steadfast heart. I pray for faith to produce steadfastness. But most of all, I want to pray that, you know, you, your, maybe your, your hand has slipped from that anchor, that anchor that is Jesus. You're not there where you should be with, you, with Him. I pray with you this, this morning as well. Close eyes and pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you this morning that when we think about trials and difficulties, Lord, the way that they come, and Lord, sometimes it is because of our own decisions, it could be of sin. Father, I pray this morning that if that might be the case, Lord Jesus, that we will run to you. Lord, that we will make every effort to get before this throne, that throne of grace and mercy, Lord Jesus, that you speak about. And Lord, that we, that we make right with you and then right with people around us as well. And Lord, thank you that, that grace will come. We believe that, Lord Jesus. But Lord, sometimes for, for some people that are sitting here today, Lord, we the trials came not in their own doing, Lord. Lord, it's this thing that just happened, Lord. It is as if we just fell into this trial, Lord. Uh, and we see no end and no, no outcome in this. Lord Jesus, thank you that we can hold on to the anchor of our soul, and that is you. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the forerunner. And as we sit before the throne, Thank you that we find you there, Jesus. You're our great high priest. And Lord, that we would commune with you and we know, Lord, that, that you are with us in the situation. You're a compassionate God and you're a merciful God. That is what we find there. And Lord, during 2023, 
Lord, we would steadfastly walk faithful, Lord, because we've met a faithful God and we will be full of faith. Father, thank you for that. We pray and ask that, Lord Jesus, in your wonderful name. Amen. So faith produce, but for faith, you can put on the lights, thank you, but for faith to produce, faith has to come. So I pray that in 2023, you will make sure that faith comes. But the only way that faith comes, it comes by the Word. Spend your time, 2023, in the Word. As we go into our time of, of um, just praying and fasting, let that be the first flag of joy that lifts in your heart as you spend time with God. But spend time with Him. Faith comes. And it faith will also produce steadfastness in our hearts. Amen. Thanks, Yoko.